Once upon a time, in days of yore, lived a buxom lass about five foot four. She was clothed in hand-me-downs and rags that had never seen designer tags. And I know the prince will... A fine day, an invitation came. But alas, it didn't include her name. For a fairy godmother, she made a wish. <laughs> he entered with a sway and a swish. I'm gonna see your fairy godmother. I, I was told that my fairy godmother was, well, fair skin. Us fairies, we follow the season. I just came from a long vacation in the island, sat in the sun all day long. <laughs> That's why I'm a little on the dark side. You know what I mean? What's the matter, huh? You've been crying. Tonight's a great ball at the palace. Yeah, I'm too dirty and ugly. That's nothing but bad one. Here. Oh, is that your magic wand? Stand back, Mama. This is some heavy shit. She was the belle of the ball, even to Prince Charming, so handsome and tall. The kingdom has a snapper. The prince had a kinky thing for feet and thought the shoe was really neat. His fetish took him all over the land to ask the one with the feet for her hand. Well, mine snaps and crackles and mine pops. He plowed through many a lass in his quest and he finally found Cinderella the best. Cinderella! Hello, and welcome to the Film and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. In the uh, 150-plus episodes of the show that we've done so far, uh, we've covered nearly every genre of film. Action, adventure, sci-fi, horror, drama, comedy, documentary, world cinema, musicals, family films... And a lot more. Uh, but we've never headed to the back of the video store before. So joining me this week to discuss the 1977 adult film Cinderella, starring the beautiful, charming, talented, but tragic Rainbow Smith, are two of my favorite people, returning guests, Sarah Jane and Dan Budnick. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you, Rob? I am doing great. I am so thrilled to have you guys here because uh, this is uh, this is a, this is a, this is a very special movie to me. We'll, we'll get into that uh, kind of like I said. This film is mostly known as just Cinderella. Uh, of course, that's a bit of a problem because most people, when they're looking for Cinderella, this is not the version they're looking for. Um, it, it does. It, it's it a does go, It's a musical, so it throws. It is. Off. It yeah. is a musical. Um, it does go by some alternate titles. It's also known as the Other Cinderella. And I've also seen it called Cinderella XXX, which is not remotely accurate because this is not a triple X mm-hmm. movie. Uh, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, triple X is not a real rating. That was just made up by the adult film industry. That is not a thing that the uh, MPAA gives out. But so, guys, I have to ask you, let me start with you, Sarah. Like, where did you first see this movie? Honestly, I thought that I had seen this movie before, but last night was the first time I saw it. Whoa! <laughs> I know! <laughs> I had I could have seen it way before, but apparently not. So that last night was my first time. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Perhaps you were thinking of Fairy Tales, which was a similar film made by all the same people, like a year later. I think maybe could could that be it? Is this was that the other Charles Band erotic musical? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I yes, think I have was. seen that. Okay, all right. <laughs> wow, okay. So you're you're coming to this fresh. All right, well, Dan, did you watch it for the first time last night? <laughs> no, I did not. No, I did not. This was one um I I I I was trying desperately on a walk this morning to remember what the first movie was like this that I watched where I had to like monitor whether or not my mom was going to walk in. <laughs> and I think it may have been Porky's 2 the next day. 
Oh. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, I love Porky's. I don't remember Porky's 2 that well, so I can't uh, I can't vouch for that. But um, I think or, – or to be honest, it may have been a really weird European like Skinamax type film, but I'm going to say Porky's 2. But I do remember watching this one um, because I remember being very confused as a – 12 year old 13 year old when they kept breaking when they kept breaking into song i didn't see rock the first time the first time i saw rocky horror picture show in the theater and i, I saw it in the theater like 80 times when i was in high school um uh i think i i was about 16 so this was a few years before that so breaking into song confused me and the fact that everyone seemed more interested in sort of goofing around and mugging for the camera and such than actually like kind of getting erotic, um, <laughs> which I didn't fully understand at that age, but I knew it, it was one of those things where you'd sit, th- I would sit there and I'd watch the movie and go, okay, I like this very much. And in the back of my head, there was a voice going, you like this a lot. And, but but the, the, voice in the, front, the voice in the front of my head was sort of going, but what do you do? What are they? What are they doing? What's going on? You know, and you'd hear, you know, the the Chamberlain talking about, um, uh, no, well, it wasn't the Chamberlain, but you'd hear like the two gals talking about our dad setting beaver traps, and you know, you hear all this stuff, and you're like, what? I don't get. It. It's like it's like the first time I heard jazz. Although I was about 30 when I first really listened to jazz and I first listened to jazz and I was like, what is this? What? It's like a new language. And when you wander into soft core, when you're a youngster, that's what this is. You sit there going, I know they know what this means, but I don't know what it means. And and there's no one you can ask about it. You know, I had a cousin, I, I had a cousin, Kenny, who I could ask and, and, um, and Uncle Mike, who I could ask about horror films, because this was early 80s, so slasher films were huge. So I could go to them and say, hey, I saw 15 minutes of Humongous, which is not a hardcore film. It's a slasher <laughs> film. I saw 15 minutes of Humongous, and I, I, um, I, I don't know what it is. And they tell me, but this, it was just like, it would end, and I was like, okay, I know the Cinderella fairy tale. I've seen um, the Disney Cinderella, but what the hell was this? And I don't think I saw it since then. However, watching it last night, bits of it just came flooding. I mean, it wasn't quite like a Proustian rush, but it was like, you know, it was like biting on that Madeline and suddenly remembering everything. But it was like when the fairy godmother comes in, I thought, I remember him. I remember him like I I had lunch with him yesterday. So this is this is a film that is somewhere in my memory. Um, is it in a good part of my memory? I don't know, but it's it's yeah, it's definitely something I watched uh, 82, 83, something like that, and possibly watched twice around then because if it was on HBO or Cinemax, they were shown like ten times in the month. And so yeah, so I saw it a bunch during that time. But this was the first time since then, and we could talk about what I thought about it. I've got notes. I, I just the just the fact that you managed to work in Proust and jazz in a description of a 1977 <laughs> softcore porn film. I really, <laughs> really earned your keep, Dan. Uh, yeah, I, I, you and I, I, I think we were on parallel tracks, Dan, because when we moved, my family and I moved to New Jersey in 1979. It was about two years later that we got cable. Uh, and it came with that giant box, you know, with had all the different little switches and stuff to go to the channels. And and my yeah. dad subscribed to the local uh, movie channel, which was called Prism, which was kind of the down market local version of HBO. And I think he got it because it carried a lot of Phillies games. But they carried movies. And I, you know, I just, I ate that up because I was like, oh my God, I can watch movies at my house? Like, this is fantastic. And when I was like around 12, around the same age you just mentioned, I noticed that I looked in the little book that they got that they sent you with all the lineups that they started running movies that I hadn't heard of <laughs> on Friday nights and Saturday nights very late. And, and, and so um, Rob, Rob was plotting a film and water network way back then. Everybody. <laughs> it, was. it was the beginnings of it. So I was like, okay, I, my parent, after we would watch Saturday Night Live, my parents let me stay up. I would stay up and watch movies. And I saw this movie and 
I, you know, mm. I, I, the reason I kind of wanted to talk about it and talk about this genre in specific is because this was really the introduction to a lot of adult things <laughs> that I hadn't seen at 12 years old. I mean, this was this was full of stuff that I was like, what? like you just said, what is this? Like, what am I? I mean, this was quite literally the first time I had seen any two people that were not a man and woman engaging in adult activity. I, I hadn't seen that before. I just was mm. like, but that's too girls i don't wonder what huh like i just, just didn't understand it I just what i'm looking at and so it and and so it really did begin a kind of a permanent crush i had on rainbow smith also known as cheryl smith because she's really mm-hmm. cute and charming in this movie and she went on before this movie and after this movie to have kind of a, a quote-unquote real hollywood career and we'll talk about that in a minute but like I, I, Sarah, I'm dying to find out. Like, what did you think of this movie seeing for the first time as an adult? <laughs> well, my expectations were really low. Let's just get that out there. Um, I was excited because I love Michael Pataki, and I couldn't believe that this was something that he was directing. And yes. um, it was better than it needed to be. <laughs> I mean, the music was, the, the songs are really good. Mm hmm. I mean, I was really mm-hmm. shocked by that. Um, you know, it is what it is. The sex was not very sexy. 70s, you know, softcore, nothing is sexy. Everything is, you know, lurid and gross. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the director, because that is one of the weirdest data points in this movie. Is that <laughs> I, it was directed by actor Michael Pataki and for those of you out there listening you go what's that name you you know this guy he is yes. in he was in let me give you a couple of his credits he was in Rocky 4 he's the guy who famously says well devil Jago hits he destroys that's that guy <laughs> he was in uh, you, you, he, if you know mystery science theater 3, 3000 he was in the side hackers oh, he's right. the jerk in side hackers <laughs> who, right. who kills my Ross husband. Hagen's um gal yeah my i forget what his name band. is but yeah. Uh, sorry, he was JC in the Side Hackers, but my husband had a band yeah. named the Side Hackers directly from oh that. Movie. <laughs> that's fantastic! Oh, that's fantastic. So he was in Easy Rider, he was in the Amazing Spider-Man TV show, and yes. he was Count Malachi in Happy Days. He's the guy that yes. did the Malachi crunch yes. on Fonzie. So yes, the Malachi. Yes, and Fonzie loves Pinky. Yes, Fonzie yes. loves Pinky. Yeah. How he ended up directing? Now he had directed one movie before this called Mansion of the Doomed, which is a horror movie for producer Charles Band, and that's yes. another name that most people familiar with D-level movies are, are are known to Charles Band. He was a famous guy. So I. I I am fascinated how Michael Pataki, who was an actor, ended up yeah. directing two movies, one of which was a horror movie, another of which was essentially a porn film. I can only guess that he wanted to branch into directing and no major studio was going to give him the chance. So Charles Band, in a kind of Roger Corman-esque, like, hey, if you can do it for, you know, 50000 bucks, you can direct a movie and get a credit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's so strange to me that this Michael Pataki, a name that you've known, is directing this movie. It's so strange. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mentioned. Have you guys seen Mansion of the Doomed? I have not I seen it. or Doom. I, I recommend it. It's I, I actually kind of prefer it to Cinderella. It's it's a decent kind of <laughs> sleazy seventies horror. And yeah, and I wish he was in it. I wish he made a little appearance in it because I always, whenever I see Michael Pataki, I get he was in Grave of the Vampire, Graduation Day, Sweet Sixteen. He he shows up everywhere and and i just love the thought of i can see when i close my eyes i can see him behind the camera doing like a character from one of the movies that he was in well i mean like and just being like yeah i mean this was made in 77 and he was doing like happy days then so he probably you know he was like literally toggling back and forth between you know here go tell fonzie what to do and oh by the way i gotta shoot the uh, the orgy sequence in cinderella today We have to rig uh, Cheryl Rainbow Smith's top to fall off as she's singing in the number. <laughs> here, so. um, anyway, I'm glad you mentioned the, the musical numbers, though, Sarah, because like this, this, mm. like you said, it's much better than it kind of needs to be. And that that was something I wanted to get at was because I think about when I see a movie like this, I, I can't help but think about like Boogie Nights, you know, with Jack Horner, yeah. the Burt Reynolds character who who wants to make a real movie. I mean, it's it's got to have all the, the the sex in it because it's because it's what it is. But he wants to make a real movie, and this movie has genuine costumes, 
genuine sets. Mm-hmm. Actually, pretty good musical numbers. I think the opening number, Cinderella, sung by Cheryl Smith, is legitimately good. Like, legitimately yes, a good song. Yes. That was my favorite of the of all of them. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think when I when she... Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say when she starts to sing it and she really gets into it, apart from her top coming off, which is all part of the genre. I, I kept thinking of a, a musical like because my wife's a big musical theater gal. Uh, I kept thinking of something like, say, Pippin or something <laughs> like she was just going to, you know, she she was just going to. And I, I'm blanking on a song from Pippin at the moment. But that's what I kept thinking of. And uh, it's just something big and epic from the 70s about finding yourself. Although this song is mainly about finding a prince, more or less. Right. I mean, for those of you, again, who haven't seen this movie, and I have to assume it's mostly everybody. And, and even though we are talking about a softcore <laughs> adult film, I'm going to do my best to keep this episode as uh, sort of safe for work as possible. The plot of it is... Yes. The plot of it is Cinderella. It is basically the same exact plot with a lot of sex thrown in, except for the, the, the big sort of differences when the, the prince... Uh, the reason the prince is looking for a girl is because he's had so much sex in his life that he's bored. He's just bored, and he's looking for, like, a new thrill. And there's a musical number about that, about how he's lost his thrill, and he really can't even, like, get it up anymore <laughs> because he's just – he's been so inundated with, with sex. He doesn't care. And so the whole gist of it is, uh, thanks to her, uh, Cinderella's fairy godfather, played by Cy Richardson – I'll get to him in a moment um, – she is bestowed upon by a magical ability involving uh, – uh, you know <laughs> – Keep it anatomical. I think we can keep it uh, G-rated. I guess. Yeah, I, I, inv- involving the sex act, which is when you when you have sex with Cinderella, something remarkable happens. Let's just put it that way. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so after she has can sex with the prince, say, can we just say a snapping cat? Oh, I'm gonna let you say it, Sarah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then you can go from there. There we go. So there, there. That's good. So, so that's basically the. And, and then the, once the prince realizes that that's the woman that he's falling in love with, he needs to find her. And that's that. That's basically just. Other than that, it's essentially Cinderella. So, except poor, uh, poor Cinderella, played by Rainbow Smith, is put upon by her her awful mother and her stepsisters, the evil stepsisters. Um, there's a lot of lot of lot of incest jokes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Way more than you would think would be like. I guess they thought it was really funny. I mean, I guess they just thought this was just a really, you know, that's just like a great gag. Um, by the way, it was written by a guy named Frank Ray Perilli. Uh, his credits are Dracula's Dog, <laughs> Laser Blast, yeah. also for Charles Band, and also starring Woo-hoo. Rainbow Smith and Mansion of the Doomed. So clearly, he was Charles yeah. Band's go-to guy. Go. To, yeah. And he also, I believe he wrote the original story for Alligator that uh, I believe Academy Award winning John Sayles finished <laughs> up the screenplay for, if I remember correctly. Hollywood's a weird place. Yeah, that's a great movie. Hollywood's a, 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 a weird, weird place. Yeah, Alligator's awesome, yeah. Um, your your tolerance for this movie's humor is really does have to sort of set itself for the seventies. As I mentioned, the the fairy godfather that shows up is played by Cy Richardson. Uh, he shows up uh, to rob the place, to rob Cinderella's house, and she thinks he's a fairy godfather and realizes he's not. And he discovers this magic wand, which it, it somehow manages to give Cinderella these magic powers. And all the scenes with Cy Richardson. I mean, there's no other way. There's, it's a lot of racist jokes. <laughs> it just is. <laughs> yes. But they have so much fun with them. They, they, everyone seems to be having fun. It's almost, it's almost – it's so innocent in a certain way, I think. I, I don't quite know, but I really liked his character that he – he is taking – he's able to take advantage. He robs the palace. He, he's having a good time. And and he seems to be in a different movie, which right. is which is yeah. He has a song. Uh, him and, and Rainbow have a song called "Grab It," which is all about you know gr- grabbing yeah. the opportunities. And you're right about the, the yes, the jokes are pretty racist, but they're racist in a kind of like Sammy Davis Jr. with the Rat Pack kind of way. Like it's yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. not acceptable, but you're it's just yes, you, the tone of it is very different. Yeah, it's yeah, it's sort of you, you don't you don't. It's yeah. It's it's obviously something you wouldn't make now. But set set in the context, um, it's uh, yeah. It's I, I like I said, he was the character I really remembered when I watched this this time. I was like, oh yeah, him. So 
He popped up and in a got- um, he pops up in a Jim Jarmusch movie, Mystery Train, and he was that was the oh, first wow. yeah that was the first time I'd seen one of these actors in another movie. And I, cause I was very, I was like, I was probably like 17 or 18 when I saw mystery train. And I remember just being like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like I didn't know that they could do other movies. Like I thought those were kind of like, you know, adult <laughs> actors. I didn't realize these were, uh-huh. you know, the, most of these people went on to other things. And Cy Richardson has been in some really good movies. He's in, they live, he's in repo man, the grifters. And I looked him up on IMDb. He's still working today. Oh my, wow. That's yeah. I, I, um, I, 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 my, the actress, I was surprised to see, well, no, I wasn't surprised to see her in one of the sisters. Mm. Uh, it's, I think it's Drusilla. I forget which one. Is it Drusilla? Um, I believe it is. Uh, yes. Drusilla, the one who's in the blue in the beginning with the darker hair, she's Yana Nirvana. (laughs) And she was in, it's a super name. She was in the, I believe she was in the groundlings around that time with Phil Hartman. And she uh, she did some writing. She was in some movies. There's a 1986 uh, Stephen J. Cannell Frank Lupo show called The Last Precinct, that she which was a police academy ripoff kind of thing. She was in that as a character named Haggerty, who was kind of Callahan from Police Academy esque. But she is also in one of my all time favorite films from 1978. She plays the script girl on the made up television show. Undercover Girl, or is it? Is that what it's called? I forget what it's called, but it's from the movie Stunt Rock, which oh. I recommend. Yeah, it's Stunt Rock is incredible, and she plays the script girl in that. And if you see her in this a year before, in in Cinderella a year before, and you see her in Stunt Rock, completely different. You wouldn't even know it was the same woman, and she's fantastic. I love Stunt Rock. Best name I just ever tweeted too. about that. Recently, somebody asked what a good double feature would be, but one horror movie and one action movie. And I said, Stunt Rock and Phantom of the Paradise would be my double. Oh, yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Stunt Rock. Have you seen Stunt Rock, Rob? No, I've never seen it. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's 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 Brian Trenchard Smith uh, from 1978, and it's basically it's basically the story of an Australian stuntman, Grant Page, who comes over to Hollywood to be is it undercover girl? It's a cop show that they're shooting, and he's going to be the main stuntman. And mixed in with him doing stunts, he goes to see a band called Sorcery, the Los Angeles Sorcery. Not not it's the Los Angeles Sorcery, not the Chicago Sorcery. Both are great. Uh, but the Los Angeles Sorcery, the Los Angeles Sorcery had like a magic stage show where they would like rock you to hell and back. But then they would have like a guy dresses a wizard and a guy dresses the devil and they do magic tricks in between songs or during songs. And so it's a great movie that's it literally is what it says it is. It's stunts. It's rock. It's about <laughs> 90 minutes. Enjoy. It's stunt rock. I will. This was one of the one of the things I, I sort of like about again going back to Cinderella is that I sort of like it's sort of funny. Like when I worked at the video store that I worked at, Movies Unlimited, we had all the adult films in the back, you know, and they had the red dot on the side to indicate that they were, you know, adult films. And you know, of course, everybody kind of looks down on them a little because it's like, oh, they're not a real genre. But I sort of think it's like, well, they're just as much of a genre as any other movie. Uh, you know, I yes. mean, a horror movie exists to deliver the kills or deliver the scares or an action movie exists to deliver the thrills and the chase or whatever. And this movie is designed to to deliver nudity and sex at a time when that stuff was a little harder yeah. to come by. And it's all about, I guess, kind of how you do it. I mean, when Sarah, when you were watching this, like, did were you enjoying it as you were watching it? I guess if that's the right word. The, the sex or the whole movie as a whole? Any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun with it. I was watching it with my husband, and so, you know, we were chatting through it, and then we were looking up notes, you know. Um, I gave it two and a half stars, I think, when I, when I, or two, I think. I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's a good movie. What did you think of of Cheryl Smith, of Rainbow Smith? I like her. I, my first saw her that I remember seeing her was in Lamora. And um, she's really oh, yeah. good in that. 
Yeah, no, I do want to mention. We do want to mention Cheryl. She had a lot of, you know, quote unquote, legitimate credits. She was in Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. She's in The Incredible Melting Man, another Mystery Science Theater title. Laser Blast, yes. which is again yet another Mystery Science Theater title from Charles Band. You mentioned Lamora, The Child's Tale of the Supernatural. That's a great movie. That is a really yeah, good is. minor yes. movie yep. that I'd never heard of until I'd seen it on the. Uh, actually, I saw it on the big screen a bunch of years ago, and I thought, well, this is, this is amazing. And she's great in it. She was in Melvin and Howard, Farewell, My Love Movie. I just watched that the other day on Amazon Prime, and I'm like, well, look, there's Rainbow Smith. Um, she was a member of The Runaways as well, Joan Jett's band, which is remarkable. Uh, and she died at 47, and that, that's, uh, that's the kind of thing where I, I know she had a lot of drug problems, and it, it seems like that's, she's somebody that just probably never really fully got a break Really? I mean, she kind of, all these parts she had in these movies are kind of small parts, or when she had a bigger part, like in Laser Blast, it's not a great movie. But I mean, I think she's genuinely cute here. She's charming. I mean, I think she is very alluring. I certainly, at the, the 12 year old me, certainly thought so. But again, it's I, the, the thing that, I guess the thing that I, I, the thing that I like about this movie is, and this is something that I sort of noticed during my years at the, the video store, because at, at our video store, we had like hardcore pornography and you know you couldn't help but see some of it because it was just part of the coin of the realm there you had to see some of it and like the thing i like about this movie and 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 it was probably if 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 you're gonna see a movie at too young an age like this this might not be a bad one to see because it's like it's joyful you know what i mean like everybody's kind of happy yeah it's not there's no angry sex there's no except for the dream sequence uh, which is actually pretty yeah. well, pretty well staged. Actually, it's pretty nightmarish. Uh, really, pretty well done by Michael Pataki. For the most part, like everybody's kind of, you know. It, first of all, obviously, it's following the Cinderella, the Cinderella story. So you have the, the sisters are mean, but everything, all the all the action, as it were, is kind of happy and jovial, and that's I think that's a good thing as opposed to kind of like angry. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff, which I don't think yeah. is good for anybody to see. That's what I kind of like about it. The one gag in this movie, though, that still upsets me, and I watched when I watched the movie the other day, is when the, 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 the I forget the, the character, but the guy that's, who's like rounding up the women to come to the ball. And oh, he, the Chamberlain, or yeah, the Chamberlain, the Chamberlain, right? And he gets a lot of business with physical gags and stuff like that. He there's this bit where he tells his horse, "You're a good horse. You stay here." And the horse wanders off as soon as he gets off. And like, so he goes and he visits the two, the like the lumberjack's daughters, mm-hmm. and he he gets mm-hmm. an apple and he starts cutting the apple and he's not paying attention and he cuts his own finger off. That <laughs> that joke still makes me nauseous when I look at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's our Chamberlain. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just deeply upsetting that this this kind of nasty, yeah. ugly joke is in the middle of this silly movie. And it's, I mean, it's a well-done effect. Mm-hmm. It's clearly like a rubber finger, and he just slices it right off. And just as I watch it, I'm going, oh. <laughs> but for the most part, like, everything <laughs> is this kind of upbeat and cheery and that's that's kind of what i like about it i mean that's when i when i saw this movie when i was a young i didn't come away with it i don't know i was just confused but it just seemed sort of like you said dan just mostly kind of silly and and that's i don't know i just think that's sort of charming and i don't know if that's something anybody does anymore i mean i don't know but i mean are i feel like is erotica even a genre is that do, do, do anybody make those anymore really because now of course anybody wants to see sex, it's two clicks away. I, I was uh, going to say um, uh, there, there is there was a movie a few years ago. I think they still happen occasionally. A friend of mine, who um, uh, uh, who's an actress, uh, a woman named Ariana Albright, who was in a bunch of movies um, uh, back in the well, she still is in movies. But she was in a few years ago. She was in a movie called Adventures into the Woods, a sexy musical. <laughs> okay, and it's, it's she. She plays the evil queen. Um, it's sort of like a Snow White type queen, and it's directed by is it Ralph Konevsky, the guy who made There's Nothing Out There, um, and it's kind of it's kind of a sexy sort of musical like that. So I think it does still happen, but when people do it, I, I feel like um, they are referencing sort of the past rather than just do, doing it. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, and and so I I I think I think that's sort of possibly the difference. But yeah, erotica like this, I yeah I I just I more or less the same feeling you you did, Rob. I you know I and and a, a bunch of what you did too, Sarah Jane, is that I <laughs> it's. There are bits of it in the movie I really like, and I don't just mean the bits with naked ladies. Um, all I could think of when when I was watching, I don't know, have you guys seen Kenny and Company? No. Uh, the Don Cos- the Don Coscarelli film that he made right before Phantasm. Uh, that that's basically it's about like two like. 12 thir- uh, like a two or three like 12 13 year olds hanging out like the week before Halloween and there's a scene in that movie where one of them two of them are making like their uh, Halloween costumes or something or other go-kart or something and another one comes over like a copy of a penthouse or something like that and so so they they kind of lean into where he is and he the kid holds up the penthouse folds out the centerfold they both look at it and one of the kids goes boy I sure like naked ladies and I kept thinking that when I was watching this movie. And, and so and now whether or not I, – I think the, the, the problem I have with this movie – now I do love – I'm going to say I love the, the musical numbers because some of them have a bit – not much, but a bit of production to them. Mm-hmm. But some of them are just sort of the, ca- the camera sitting there as people kind of lip sync and move around in the frame. Which to me is um, reminded me of some of my favorite um, late '60s, early '70s cheap kids musicals, like um, Herschel Gordon Lewis's *Jimmy the Boy Wonder*, which I recommend to everyone. <laughs> and you are dropping the references Barry, left and right, man. <laughs> uh, and and Barry Mahon's *The Wonderful Land of Oz*, *Jack and the Beanstalk*, and *Thumbelina*. Uh, yeah, those those are all. Oh, and San, have, have you guys heard of *Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny*? I've seen it three times yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. In, in the in in the center of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, which is also sort of a musical, is Thumbelina. And Barry Mahon, if you know if you know the director, his specialty, kinda like Hersha Gordon Lewis, but Hersha Gordon Lewis did more interesting things. Barry Mahon's specialty was to point the camera at people for what seemed like days on end. And they just do stuff in front of the camera. And, and although having said that, The Wonderful Land of Oz is probably one of the most faithful Oz-related movies, if you know the books, you'll ever see. It's made for about four bucks, but it's still pretty faithful. But Cinderella is a mix of these great musical numbers, like the when the sisters do their um, – the, the stepsisters do – I'm, I want to say she's so hot, or but that's like a Rolling Stone song. I forget their song <laughs> that they do, and it's it's pretty and it's almost like Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. which was cool. And, and the one with the god, yeah, yes, and the, the one with the fairy godmother there, and and um, uh, Cinderella in the tub is great. But but then uh, occasionally you'll have one where it's just kind of like someone looking at the camera like i'm singing at you yeah come on what are we doing i'm singing at you yeah and they're just kind of moving around they're not doing much you know and and i i love that it's a mix of okay this one we're gonna try we're gonna have the lights going and people are gonna dance and this one just lip sync and move around people don't care they're just it's all just 12 year old boys waiting for the next naked lady Okay, let's do it. You know, I hope they didn't say that. I hope they I hope they had I hope they had more than me as their main audience, you know, just sitting there in nineteen seventy seven going, Dan Budnick will be watching. He's he's only four now, but in about seven or eight years he he is a prime demographic. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned Rocky Hart because yeah, the sisters with their makeup, they do remind me a lot of, of Columbia and Magenta when I see them. Like they just yes. what they they look like to me. That number with the with the prince, Brett Smiley as the prince, that's one of the musical numbers you're talking about where he really is just sort of talk singing and he's just sort of rolling around. They clearly didn't have any choreography and all the girls that are piling on him are Clearly, Michael Pataki was just sort of like, all right, girls, just kind of just jump around. Like, we, we don't have a lot. Of, I mean, I yeah. imagine Charles Band didn't give him a lot of money to play with. I have, although I do wonder, these <laughs> sets, like, these sets are pretty elaborate. I have to think these must be standing sets, right, that they used for other movies. Because I can't believe you would build all these for this movie. I, I would guess. Yeah, that was my – especially like when you see the sort of when everyone is arriving at the palace for the royal – to enjoy the royal ball. Um, there's, that looks like a standing set to me. Right. Yeah. If this 
this had been like a Roger Corman like action film, like a Death Stalker or something in the eighties, I would have said that's Mexico somewhere. But I'm not sure where this. <laughs> so. it, to me, I said last night that it looked like they had spent their entire budget on those carriages because it was like two or three different ones. Yeah, yeah. nice looking stuff. Yeah, I mean, thought that. Now, Sarah, well, now you're watching it again. You're watching. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm entranced at the idea that you watch this for the first time, just because I would love to have seen this movie <laughs> for the first time again. Like, it's sort of funny when you when you look at how different, I think, uh, the way adult entertainment goes is that, like, the people that are in adult entertainment now, they're built like superheroes. You know, both the men and the women are built like just they're 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 sort of genetically or or uh, artificially designed to be perfect but the people in this movie are not the greatest looking people in the world but they could get work because in 1977 it was still pretty rare to find people willing to get that naked for a movie so yeah. therefore you know like Brett Smiley is the prince he's not partic- like he's a beanpole i mean it's like you know <laughs> he's, 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 i thought he was very cute oh did you he really was, okay he i was, was drink- yeah, he was right. He's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. He was skinny, but he was, <laughs> he was doing it for me. That, I was about to ask you that, but I do. I wanted to be more polite about it, whether there was anybody in this movie <laughs> that really worked on you. But that's good to know. that That's, that's kind of your, like an Iggy Pop, David Bowie sort of type. <laughs> well, apparently he was like a glam singer in the UK. We were looking him up yesterday. He had like a little uh-huh. mini career over there. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, he only did one other movie. He did American Gigolo with Richard Gere as a small part in that, an uncredited part of that, and that's it. That's it for him. But so that's interesting. That's good to know that the Brett Smiley was was working for you, Dan. What do you think of of Cheryl Smith or any of the other women in the movie? Uh, I I do like Cheryl Smith. I think she's very cute. I I think when I was twelve, thirteen, she was exactly the kind of gal I. Um, I I liked in in ways that I couldn't quite understand. I think my I, I was trying to think who my favorite gal is probably in it now. Um, now I do like Yana Nirvana running around yelling, being sort of strange looking. Um, but I I think possibly my favorite gal is the just just is the um, the 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 uh, now I'm looking at the credits. The Trapper's Daughter. They say yeah, okay. the Trapper's the, the second. Yeah. Um. The the brunette. Yes, okay. I knew it. Um, I knew it. <laughs> That's who my husband she, liked. She was the best. Oh wow! Life. Okay, and and um, uh, she she was my favorite, and and um, and she and I did spend the whole time. And this took me a few minutes. I spent the whole time looking at. Well, not the whole time because she's only in like five <laughs> minutes. But I spent the scene she was in looking at her, going, "I know her from something." And I realized that, and I'll bring this movie up again in a few minutes, but she is in, and I won't say any more than this if you don't know the movie, but she appears in the Happy Days segment of Hey, There's Naked Bodies on my TV. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and I'll leave, I'll leave it right there. But so, yeah, no, there, there there were several gals I thought were terrible. And I do think Cheryl Smith is, is she's just adorable. I prefer um, sort of blondes of this time. I prefer, is it uh, Angel Tompkins? Is okay. my uh, right. I who was in he was, she was in the teacher she was in the TV show uh, Search and she was in Little Cigars um, which I think Frank Pirelli also wrote oh, but- <laughs> so so I do prefer her she, there's something about her that I find a little more feisty Cheryl Smith she worries me a little like if she got left alone she wouldn't know what to do sometimes that's sort of although although <laughs> she was apparently in. And I didn't have a chance to check the same year. She was in the great James Bryan's Boogie Vision this year. I, I didn't have a chance to check. Have you seen guys seen Boogie Vision? I've never seen that, no. I have not, but I Bo- am adding it to my list. Yes, Boogie seriously. Vision isn't, isn't, isn't James Bryan's best film. Uh, that would obviously be Don't Go in the Woods. But um, Boogie Vision is sort of almost an early kind of um, – it's post groove tube pre Kentucky fried movie um, kind of thing where it has a plot line, but then every once in a while it keeps breaking off and doing like TV commercial parodies and things like that. And uh, which is a great genre. Rob, have you done one of those movies yet? Not, no, I have not. We, I've done some, some anthologies, oh. but I think they've been horror anthologies. So no, I haven't gotten to that yet. I oh, am okay. curious. Like I said, th- and that was something that kind of leads me to something I wanted to, to talk about in the greater sense of this than this movie is when I, again, when I was at the video store, we had a section, which was like the softcore adult section, but those were real movies. 
they were there were Russ Meyer films. There was uh, Ch- Chatterbox, the, fam- the famous Ch- Chatterbox, <laughs> oh. which is which is on which is on Amazon Prime, and probably yes, it is. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, there was there was inserts. With Richard Dreyfus, you know, yeah. and you're like, wow, if there's yes. anybody I do not want to see yeah. in, naked in a movie, it's Richard, it's Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. But, but like, they, they were genuine movies, and I don't know, like, uh, let me start with you, Sarah. Like, do you, growing up or now, do you have a particular, like, can you think of any films that, that you would put in that genre? Although, I, maybe I could argue Russ Meyer is his own genre, really, but, like, are there films in this genre that you would think are like genuinely good movies outside of, of course, the fact that they were delivery systems for sex scenes? First off, the, off the top of my head, my first thought is something like, say, Emmanuel, but I'm not sure if that fully counts. Then my second thought was Joan Collins in The Bitch, but I'm not sure that that counts either. I think Emmanuel Sorry, counts. Just, I would... Like Caligula? Well, I don't <laughs> <laughs> not a really good movie, but I mean, you know. I mean, I, like, I, 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 yeah, I guess, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm having a tough time. I mean, all, all, yeah, all I can think of is like Emmanuel or maybe something, maybe something, um, oh gosh. Like, Tinto there West, must be a good maybe? Italian. I, mean, I know he directed, yeah. 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 Hmm. I, I, cause, cause there are things like, I mean, I love, say, like the black Emmanuel films, like Emmanuel and the Last Cannibal mm-hmm. and Emmanuel in America, but I don't know that I call those. Good movie. They're Joe D'Amato films. I don't. I don't. Those are in a in a genre. He's doing his own thing. Um, then you could put a Jeff I, Franco. Um, some of his movies are really awful, yeah. but some of them are really great. It just depends on you know mm-hmm. how many movies he was shooting that week at that time and who was in it. But <laughs> yes. you know, but some yeah. of them are really something good. Like, something like some like the female vampire, or I forget the other ten titles for it. Has is 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 actually. <laughs> pretty kind of erotic and and um and and not not i mean it's got a lot of great images and and lena lena romay i've never said her name out loud is is delightful <laughs> in it yeah, yeah, well, that, uh, and and things uh, and i guess uh is it Ro, jean jean roland roland with his Jean-Roland? vampire films yeah. yes yeah. yes you you might include some of his films in that too um I mean, I would include "Hey, There's Naked Bodies" on my TV, but I'd be one of one people in the world <laughs> who would do that because that gonna... that one is I. I I'm sorry, you could put the pull quote on their DVD from from Dan Budnick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was at, I actually uh, checked my uh, copy of it to verify that that woman was in it. Uh, okay. Just five minutes before we started recording, my VHS copy, and because I, I have the old media home video, you know, like oh, circa yeah. 1979 VHS, which are the ones that, like, if you hit someone with it, they're out. They're out cold. <laughs> and things are freaking brick. And and the movie, the movie is like it's 79 minutes, and it's three segments. The first segment is a Happy Days parody, then a Welcome Back Cotter parody, then a um, Barney Miller parody, and they wow. all devolve. They they all devolve or evolve into softcore fiddling around. Uh, some more um, intense than others, um, and it's great. But t- the the best things. All right, so that's that's awesome. You know that's awesome. But what's also awesome is that one. Um, uh, well, it starts off with a janitor on like a TV set, um, like sweeping up, and he looks at a television, and all of a sudden there are naked people on it. And he looks at the camera and goes, hey, there's naked bodies on my TV. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that the title comes. But the, dur- during the three segments, there's a laugh track. <laughs> so as you're seeing this, this stuff, there's a constant laugh track, 70s style playing. <laughs> and it's, it's so weird. And it's like you watch it and you go, who would have – like if I was sitting in the theater in 77, 78, would I have found this erotic? Because there's constant fake laughter going off, and and it's so it's so weird. And and in between each of the segments, they show clips from a hardcore cartoon from like Sweden, like a Hansel and Gretel type <laughs> thing, God. which is really, which is really. And the weird thing is, um, uh, Vinegar Syndrome used to have a channel, uh, t- a streaming channel called Exploitation TV. 
And that. one day I was just, oh, it was so good. And I was just on it one day, and I was like, I forget if it was animated or shorts or something. I was like, oh, what do they have there? And I saw something like, you know, Into the Forest Nude or something. I forget what it was <laughs> called. And I clicked on it. I was like, what the heck is this? And I was like, oh, my God. That's the sh- the cartoon that they show in Hey, There's Naked Bodies on my TV. And I actually commented on it. And it's it's such a weird movie because when you get to the end of the segments and they've showed all of the cartoon that they can show, you know, I love it so much because it's clear that they didn't have the running time. So suddenly everything stops. You see a snowy static screen and a sexy voice comes in and says – and now let's see some highlights from the movie. <laughs> and the next 10 minutes is just like 10 minutes of people bumping and grinding. And that's the last time. It's so good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it now. I'm writing that down. Watch that. Now. Well, we'll, 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 but, we'll wrap this up, Dan, so you can get to it. I don't want to keep you from it. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But, um, can, I, can I bring up one, one more actor? In this, who Absolutely. I saw, I was like, oh, I, although, I, before you get off, I do want to say if there's any TV show that lends itself to an erotic parody, it's Barney Miller. <laughs> I was trying to think of what that would even entail. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna there weren't you. even any women I'm not on that show. You gotta- you gotta you gotta find that on your own for that one. And Happy Days, I will say, Happy Days is the perfect sort of extension. Not meaning to be rude, the perfect extension of <laughs> the show because it's basically the Fonz, who we call the Bonds in the movie. Get it, the Bonds? Because it's the yeah. Um, and he basically takes Ralph, Potsy, and Richie to his apartment and brings over three of his gals to have sex with him. The okay. guys. There we go. So, All right. so, so you're like, okay, that's the natural. That's where the show would have gone if Gary Marshall just had a pair. I'm kidding, of course. Um, uh, but, show yeah, never um, would have jumped the shark the, if they had done this. Never would have jumped the shark. Uh, the the Swedish uh, is it the it says Swedish ambassador. The guy in the movie, he has a beard, and mustache. His wife like grabs a like the guy. Um, the carriage driver guy. He um, and he says, "Like, honey, we must not do anything tonight because we've got a big trade agreement." Do you all remember this guy? I didn't make this yeah, guy yeah. up. He's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, that guy. He has a funny fake name in the credits, but he is played by an actor whose real name I don't remember, who appeared in <laughs> several uh, Nick Millard films oh, in the seventies. All right. Yes. Nick, Nick Millard is probably best known to people who know these sorts of things, and I feel like there are two of us on here who might know them, and maybe a third. Um, I think, I think just two. There's, <laughs> there's a movie called Criminally Insane from the mid-70s. Um, it's an hour long. It's set in San Francisco, and it's about uh, the lead actress uh, – the lead character is known as Big Fat Crazy Ethel. <laughs> and it's 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 basically it, uh, it's it's uh, like Ethel is two hundred and fifty pounds and she's insane. As basically it's a it's a large woman, very large, who um, is put in a insane asylum and then she's released from it and she ends up like killing her grandma. She kills her sister. She kills other people and she's nuts. And it made by a guy named Nick Millard. He made several other films in the seventies and eighties, and at least two of them, I th- I think. The beard and mustache Swedish ambassador guy is in – I think he's in a film called 357 Magnum. I could be wrong on that. But he's definitely in a film which you should all see called Satan's Black Wedding. He plays the evil satanic priest. And as I sat there watching Cinderella, I was like, Satan's Black Wedding, Satan's Black Wedding. <laughs> and uh, I got really excited. Uh, but but there's – he. It's, it's great just to see like I thought that guy was only in Nick Millard films. And then to see him here, I was like, did Michael Pataki go, you know what? I was watching Nick's film Satan's Black Wedding the other day, and I think I have the perfect guy for the Swedish ambassador. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to – I've been very positive about this movie even though you know it is what it is. But I will mention as we sort of wrap up here, the one thing I don't like in this movie and the one thing I didn't like was the guy who was the court jester who they were keep giving little one-liners to. 
and he <laughs> they, they give him all this creepy dialogue, and he's making jokes about erections and stuff. That every time he was on the screen, I'm like, this guy's not funny. He's creepy. It's weird. This is like get this guy out of the movie. I, that's the one. Every time they cut to a joke of him, I'm like, no, 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 and I don't want to see this guy talk because he's just all he's all like, oh yes, I live in a pup in jail. <laughs> I'm like, no, stop it. You're, it's awful. <laughs> it's the only part of the movie I can't stand is that guy. My husband said that he was probably the guy that got the most tail on that set. <laughs> I guess we we'll He probably know. did for se- Yes, probably not, unfortunately. <laughs> well, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say about this movie, uh, I mean, it did get a DVD release, finally, a couple of yes. years ago. It was... It was Available on VHS for many years. We ha- again, we had it at the video store that I worked at, but then it was out of print, as most VHS tapes eventually uh, became, and and so it was impossible to find unless you could pick it up on you know eBay or something. But now it's out on DVD. It's released on DVD. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's done. I don't think there's anything special about it. I think it was just a movie. But because uh, again, unfortunately, yes. uh, Miss Smith is no longer with us, which I would have killed to hear a Rainbow Smith commentary track for yes. Cinderella. Oh, yeah. um, but but it is available, and like I said, obviously, no, hardly anybody listening to this is going to run out and see this movie. But it it it's. <laughs> I mean, every every time you every movie of a genre that you see for the first time leaves an impression. You know, whether it's your first sci-fi movie, your first horror movie, it 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 sets the tone in a certain way. And this movie really did literally introduce me to things that I had no idea what I was looking at, and I would not, I would not, I would not get involved with until many years later. But nevertheless, I think, I think too many, too many years later. I think. I, think it's, I, I was going to say, I want to hear that podcast. It's. I think it's cute. I think it's charming. I think the musical numbers are genuinely good, and I thought Rainbow Smith was you know i think an underrated probably performer and probably could have had a much better career than than the one she got and that's unfortunate but i do enjoy seeing her and maybe sometime we will have to do an episode on lamora a child's tale of the supernatural because that's a genuinely great unusual movie yes. um and, and the guy who rob the guy who directed lamora richard blackburn was in stunt rock if I can tie oh that back to something. Wow, really. and it all he, comes full circle. Yes, he, he, plays the agent, he, plays the, he plays the agent in Stunt Rock, and on the Code Red DVD, he's on the one of the commentaries. So you get oh to hear goodness. him talking. And he does he, he does bring up Lamora on it, oh, so, which is oh, pretty cool. cool. All right, I got to go see. I got to see Stunt Rock now. I got to go see that. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's – it's don't uh, – I, I would recommend – starting with the trailer but the thing about the trailer is that the trailer promises a film that could never have been made in um, <laughs> right. in this world um you you just need to accept that it's going to be 90 minutes of stunts and rock no plot <laughs> just enjoy look at it look at it this way rob look this is the way i watch it watch it as a series of days because the <laughs> at the beginning at the be- sorcery says at the beginning we're playing three nights at some uh theater so, and the movie ends up more or less on the third night. So look at it as a first day, second day, third day. You'll love it. Trust me. That and if good. you don't love it, uh, yeah, if you don't love it, I apologize. Uh, I'm apologize sure I will, it. Dan. I'm sure I will. Well, highly recommend it. Well, hey. I just wanted to let you know that um, Cinderella is actually available for rental on Amazon Prime streaming. I oh tried my. to watch it Monday, but all the sex was cut out. And so after about 15 minutes, we're like, no, forget it. So we didn't watch it there, and we went and found the, uh, you know, the uncut version. But if your listeners want to watch it, but you know, song sex, then they can get it on Amazon. What is the? How long is that movie then? It was going to be like forty-seven minutes. I wonder what. It's like an hour five, I think, or it's it's pretty short. That is, boy, that I I almost kind of want to see it just because I'm curious as to what that looks like. Could you could you imagine like like this? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was saying there's still a lot of uh, you know breasts and nakedness. But, oh, okay, you know, all right, okay. But there's none of the. There was no actual sex scene. There's just I see. a lot okay. of boobs. Okay. Because <laughs> I, 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 I was just thinking, like, like that first scene where the Chamberlain goes to visit like the two farmers' daughters, and he just watches them fool around for like five minutes, and then he <laughs> walks up and they talk about beavers and then he says where is your where is your father here are the invitations i love that it would just be like you'd see two naked women 
then it would cut to him standing there going, where is your father? Here are the invitations. And then the scene would be over. And you're like, what was that? I just, I just, that was a bit of a whirlwind that I don't understand. That's, that is surreal. Thank you for that data point, Sarah. That's fantastic. I, again, I'm kind of curious now as to what that, what that looks like. My goodness. So, well, I thank the two of you for coming on. This was, this was a weird notion I had, and, and I, I sort of stumbled onto it. You and I, the three of us were talking on Twitter one night, and I brought this movie up. I think, I think Dan, I think you talked about doing like a podcast about 70s sleaze or something, and I brought up Cinderella, and then – you both talked about it, and I, I invited you, and thankfully you both said yes, because, again, I, when else am I going to get to cover this kind of movie? So <laughs> I really appreciate it. I love talking to you guys. So, Sarah, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at FookThis, F-O-O-K-T-H-I-S. Uh, I write, and I just started writing back again uh, for Talk Film Society. Outstanding. Awesome. We'll have that cool. in the show notes. Dan? Uh, I, I I think the 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 Best places to find me quickest are um, uh, my blog, PolishAmericanGuyReviews.blogspot.com. Uh, it's got a lot of my writings. I just finished my um, in-depth review of every single episode of BJ and the Bear. Not porno. <laughs> That's a TV show about a trucker and a chimp. Um, I also – you go on eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com and you'll find my podcasts. Uh, Eventually Supertrain is about short-lived TV shows. Right now we are discussing uh, The Last Precinct with Yonder Nirvana from 86, Erie, Indiana from the early 90s, and Bourbon Street Beat from 1959-1960. And there are some other things on there. I, I'm doing a podcast right now called One Minute with European Zombies where I discuss <laughs> Zombie Lake – and oh, burial ground oh, and i'm up to minute 12 awesome. nice yeah it's 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 so far it's a lot of fun there's a there's a lot of there zombie lake there you go there's some softcore fun that everyone can enjoy with nazi zombies why not and um uh yeah the, uh, oh i i still have some reviews over on the site bleeding skull uh, which I used to write for for seven years or so back in the day. And I have two books, Bleeding Skull, a 1980s trash horror odyssey, and 80s action movies on the cheap. And I'm two-thirds of the way through my third book right now. Not right now. We're talking about Cinderella, but <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> I have really been enjoying your Minute by Minute on Burial Ground because, boy, howdy, I love that movie. Oh, yeah. um, oh good. I, I'm glad. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I, I had not seen that. Uh, actually, I saw that in the, in the theater for the first time uh, a bunch of years ago by the same people that wow. showed me Lamora, and they did not prepare me for what I was about to see in Burial Ground. And I was like, <laughs> "Is that is that little boy a jockey? What's going on? I don't understand." Yeah. And then, then it all it all came crashing down later on. So that's, yes. a, that's an amazing it's an amazing movie. So again, well, thank you both. I, I really enjoy talking of to course. the two of you, and I really appreciate you coming on to do this. So this was. This oh, was tremendous fun. Um, I think by the fact that we talked half about other movies suggested Cinderella. <laughs> There's not a lot to say about Cinderella, but nevertheless, it holds a, a warm place in my heart, uh, and it always will. So yes. uh, much love to yeah. Rainbow Cheryl Smith. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you want to find back episodes of the show, go Thank to you. our website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Film and Water Pod, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher again. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next week. That's a wrap. Cinderella, sweep the ashes from the fireplace. Cinderella, wash and scrub up the entire place. Cinderella, polish every little widget. Sit up straight, girl. Don't you fuss and don't you fidget. And I wonder if I have to face this score. Yes, I wonder just why I was ever born. When I want to cry, I spy a rainbow When life is gray, the flowers start to bloom Or when a chilling wind begins the rain flow I take a moment to remind me Someone will come along and find me Suddenly I can smile away the gloom My hair and just for kickers, Cinderella. Dart my hose and I my knickers, Cinderella. You're a good for nothing wretch girl. Where's my girdle? Goodness sakes, go run and fetch girl. And I wonder 
Is this all I'll ever be? Yes, I wonder, is there nothing more to see? When I am cold, the morning sun will warm me. When I am sad, the birds begin my song. And when at times my life begins to scorn me, I take a moment to remind me Someday he'll come along and find me And the time goes by and I am strong Sometimes I think in a wink of an eye it'll happen Life rearranges and changes tomorrow's too But just when I'm caught in a thought I remember tomorrow just like today, it will be on its way too soon. So I can't be down too long or stay too lonely. For nothing can be as awful as it seems. When things go wrong, I know that I have only to take a moment to remind me someone will come along and find me and will be forever.